Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin. He's Gordon, recording this on a Friday afternoon here to make way for a busy morning in the running world, Gordon. Cross country, road races that took place on bike paths. What more could you want? Yeah, uh, you could want more is what you could want. You could want uh, <laughs> a Big Ten championship. You could want a week out from New York City Marathon. You could want the fastest American uh, in our lifetime and road races to run a race that's not on a on a walking trail that actually is live streamed that actually is like makes our sport look legitimate and not just like a hidden tempo run. I don't know. <laughs> that's what we could want. We could want a lot more. I've run on that bike path before, so that was good. Do you remember when Alan Webb broke the American record in the mile and it was in this track in Belgium that was in the forest and there weren't a lot of people there. It was a small meet and people were like, man, track, that tells you all you need to know. This guy breaks the American record and there's no one there. Galen Rupp was going to take that to the next level with this half marathon in the forest of like, no, there's going to be Craig Engels, Pat Tiernan, Seguro Saku, Mike Smith on a bike and a bunch of trees. That's going to be it. Yeah. Oh, and you're only going to know about the race like 24 hours before it starts. Right. That's <laughs> and you're, you're going to get three updates throughout. It, it was what's you know what the point? Me of? I mean, uh, what? What it remind you of? No, it, was, it, it just reminds me of. Do you know back in the day? I don't know. You're younger than I am, but you had to kind of wait for the scores to go across the the ticker like we have on ESPN or whatever game yeah. you're watching. So like March Madness, if the game wasn't on in your area, you're waiting for them to update the score every 15, 20 minutes on the bottom. You're like, ah, my team's down two. And then four minutes later, you get another update. That's how I felt with this. We got like four tweets. That was it. I felt like I was watching the local news channel to see if my school has a two-hour delay because of weather. And that's what <laughs> I, was, I felt like. I don't know. It just seems like, it's like, what are we doing here? Like, why do we need a... I mean, I don't know. I don't want to criticize. He ran fast. He ran fine. It's just like it's just like a joke that our fastest person in our country ha is able to just like run on a his like in his backyard and call it a race. Mm. And like, like you said, you're kind of happy the American record didn't go down because the American record should not be something that happens on a towpath, right? It should be something that happens <laughs> in a race with people there, you know. So, but anyway, right. sixty twenty two is what he ran. Mm -hmm. uh, at least that's mm -hmm. what we think, according to a random person on Twitter, you know, like who just happened to be driving by and took a photo of it. Like we found out he ran 60-22 by literally a person who is not like a – I don't think she's a journalist. I think she's just like yeah, yeah, a yeah, random – yeah, yeah. Oh, she no, is? She, oh, okay. She, she I thought it was a random citizen. citizen. I oh, think okay. Sarah Lords Butler, I think they let one person in because they wanted to chronicle it. And that's smart because if you broke the American record, you want Hold someone on. there to write no. about it. They let one person in so they can chronicle it with three tweet photos. That is not letting it like that's stupid. Like this sorry. No, it's just frustrating no, they, that like yeah. The marathon account was supposed to tweet updates. The Eugene Marathon account was supposed to do it, and they sent and they're off. And then it went dark. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That was it. And then there was no like live results page. Like, here's the thing. I'm really good sleuth at finding live results pages for mm -hmm. even hidden events. I was doing it during the crazy stuff during the pandemic. But like once I saw a photo of athletic.net on the bibs, I was like, okay, it's on it's an athletic.net live event. 
yeah. so I went to their live page and obviously they have a bunch of timers. So I was like, all right, which timer is it? So then I went through sleuthing through Eugene Marathon's previous timers. I found their timer and they didn't have it up. So I was like, oh, okay. I'll look at the URL. And I literally started adding a number to the URL of other results and kept on adding one to it until I got to the <laughs> to the most recently created results page. But they didn't even have a yeah. live results page made. Like this wasn't a race. If there's no live results page, if there's no it's it's not real. It doesn't count. It's not real. It's just yeah, it's a training yeah, run. It was a it's a training run that we're pretending it's a, it's a it's a training run. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not a race. So Osako Osako ran 61 15 which is a good time so rup beat him by almost a minute and then they had two rabbits in there because we saw from one of the other pictures tiernan and and ingles but that was pretty much it i'm looking at the picture of rup crossing the finish line i mean we've we've finished road races with much more fanfare than this there's uh three people with cameras two people holding a finish tape and he's it's legitimately on a on a bike path which I don't think they closed, so this could have got real weird if we did the if we channeled full NAU and there was Moto City or there was some sort of kids run out for the day. It could have gone sideways about mile seven or something. Um, but put all that aside for a second. What do you think of his performance? Does it tell us anything more about Galen Rupp? I don't think so. I think it just tells us he's healthy. That's all I got from it. Um, it wasn't a, I mean, that's what we thought. 60. I mean, Galen Rupp should be able to do a sub 61 if he's healthy. And that's what he did. Uh, I think if he's like ready to like rip a fast one, he's going to be in sub 60 shape. He's not there, but maybe he is in sub 60 shape, but he ran 22 seconds slower because he's running on a local towpath. path feeling of there's zero pressure in this there's, it's not a real race it, it, so yeah, yeah of course you're not gonna yeah it's just it's a it's a it's a sock all he did was trying to get he, he was trying to win a strava segment that's what i get from this it was a strava segment mm -hmm. when he ran 60 22 to get the pr of the 13.1 strava segment congrats <laughs> but uh yeah i mean he's healthy that's what i get from it uh he hasn't lost a beat uh he should be if he stays healthy through the summer should be a factor at the Olympics. There's nothing more, more you can take from it, though. Just the ridiculousness you think that he's the greatest of all time, or one of the greatest of all time, and this is what we get in 2020. And the excuse of pandemic for people's safety, that's bull. It could have been done differently. So, so anyway. He was he – you should talk to his coach about that. It sounds like he has I some should. strong words. If I'll only you could contact his coach. Yeah. He was 35 seconds or so off of his PR. I wonder if this was his fastest practice run. Because I'm going to essentially call it a practice run. Has he ever run a, a faster half marathon within the context of, of training? Because you're right. This was more similar to a training run than it was to a major marathon. What's he going to do now? You and Lincoln talked about no Boston. I'm assuming he's not going to wait until the Olympics or in a major marathon again. Or at least yeah, a major I road mean, race of some sort. He's gonna he's gonna have to just go outside the U.S. I'm guessing to find something. Do you think he'll run a marathon? I think he will. I I, I mean, Hase is running now. They're not in the same group anymore. Hase is running in December at this Valencia marathon. Apparently, I think he'll find something that's available in Europe, maybe an elite only small field type setup, and do it early 
either late in 20 well you probably know more than i do could yeah. do, do, do you know if he plans on well running i think the, the only thing free? that like i don't think he's gonna run like a tune-up marathon like i think he's only gonna run a marathon if he's trying to break the american record so i think it's gonna be an american record attempt and then you got your olympic gold attempt in the summer right. like but so i don't know where is that... the where's the race that's an american record attempt i don't know You'd have to find some. Wouldn't that be in the spring? I mean, if your designs are to break the American record, how many more chances do you have? Yeah, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. He's not. He's not old, but he's definitely not young. And one of the marathons is being taken up by the fact that he's running the Olympics. Once Boston does get going, he's going to have a huge incentive to run Boston and maybe New York. Those aren't well. If the wind is going the right way in Boston, but those aren't record-setting courses. Yeah. So how many more chances is he going to have to run? a Berlin, a Chicago, a Prague, or something quick like that. I could see him going back if it's available to to the Czech Republic. Of course, that's where he ran his his PR in May of 2018. So if they're keeping it in the same time frame, that's kind of probably a little too close to the to the Olympics, but maybe something in Europe would, would be a, a good fit for him in the spring. Yeah. Late winter. I don't know. It'd be great to find out. <laughs> And not just figure it out through tea leaves, right? So again, if only we had. Sorry for being super negative on this thing. It's just like, imagine if like you know, it's just like if imagine if Usain Bolt ran a hundred meter dash somewhere random, and the only way we found out about it was someone took a photo of the finish line with a text like, "There's no results anywhere." It's just You're like, saying you would have rather not known about it, basically. You can go yes, ahead and do would, this thing, but I'd rather yeah. not know about it. Yes. I would, I would rather – because say like they can't – I get it. it. It is – trust me, I 100% get it. It is very hard to live stream road races, cross-country races, and they maybe just didn't have the ability to do that, especially on a, a course that couldn't have like a, a cart, right? So it's a lot harder to film. Mm-hmm. So I get that. But what they could have done, they don't tell anyone. He runs it, mm. right? Because yeah. they didn't need to tell anyone. All you need to tell is the timers. Like yeah. you, this could have. You don't tell anyone. You put an embargo on the result, and then literally they have the. And then like at five o'clock today, they put up the the video archive, and then like watch it and find out. Yeah. And o- the only people who know the result are like twelve people: the timers, the one journalist yeah. they let in, the coaches, and that's it. Like they should have done that. I would have been. Not upset at all. I would have other reasons to be upset, but I wouldn't be upset at all. Yeah, and they did that with that first edition of the Big Friendly, didn't they? If I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah. Well, this is a different they, group, though, right? This is. I think it's being done through the Eugene Marathon. You're right, but it's yeah. the same area. They could they could yeah talk to them about it. I just I get why you can't tell anybody. You have to keep it on wraps with this with the track stuff. I think that's a little more cautious uh with this yeah. it's like he's li- literally on a tiny little bike path you don't want to tell people and then have a bunch of 15 yeah. year olds in oregon going Rock out fans, there yeah. and getting in the way because he great. does have fans i would respect that if he <laughs> ran this time with a bunch of people uh be like rap rap and then like free nop did, and all that stuff it would been great this will this will make you feel better uh according to sarah lord's butler from runners world who's saying according to ian dobson who works for Trekton USA. Maybe, is he the director of the Eugene Marathon now? I'm not sure. Former runner, Stanford, et cetera, et cetera. 
uh, Rupp got the 10 mile American record with his 45 53 split. So now yeah. I bet you're in. Now you think it's worth it. No, now I'm even more upset. You said to me, you 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 know what you said to me in the text. You're you're like, thank God there wasn't an American record because this is not no, what we want no. to represent America for record breaking purposes, right? You know what else is lame? Intermediate records, records set on yeah. the way to other in other distances. It means the record's not very strong. No, I'm not getting too excited about it. Um, okay. Let's move on. Let's talk cross country because you're way more excited okay. about cross country. You know, going into today with these events on the table, I said, man, we're probably going to end up talking mostly about rep and then cross country is going to be a footnote. But we saw the three tweets. We saw the time <laughs> that was over 60 minutes. And now I'm pivoting to being all in on, on cross country. Let's start with the big 12 where you got something right. You've been talking. You've been beating the drum about Wesley Kiptu for a while and the guy from Iowa State goes out and just rocks this field and gets a big win over Isai Rodriguez and the team race between Oklahoma State and Iowa State was very close but uh, just from looking at these splits here it looks like you are you are right Kiptu is not one to be messed with this year yeah I mean uh he basically got out to a 13 second lead I believe at 3k and then it just never went away. It just stayed. It was like he went out, 3K, 30-second lead, and then the, the just the, the pack just stayed at the exact distance behind him um, and won with ease. So, But I think the result some, – something's happening because uh, the results for – It crashed for me not, too. I was hoping you memorized. <laughs> yes. The women's results – I may have to bring up T-first or something. So, uh, yeah, they're on T-first. Okay. Uh, but – the story of the meet, obviously we knew Wesley Kiptu was probably going to most likely dominate, was the team battle where Iowa State and Oklahoma State tied. Yeah. And the team with the slower average, time average, actually won. So Oklahoma State's average time was 23-22. Iowa State's average time was 23-21. Yeah, Iowa State loses. And the reason why is because the tiebreaker, as for some reason people never really understand, it's head-to-head matchup. Basically, Iowa State had a better number one runner and a better number two runner, but Oklahoma mm-hmm. State had a better number three, four, and five runner. So as a result, Oklahoma State wins a tiebreaker. Uh, yeah. Shows that Iowa State's still legit. They got Wesley Kiptu, who's going to be a low mm-hmm. stick. Festus Legat showed that he can run up there. I mean – but if you look at the times now that I think about it, Festus Legat was way back behind Rodriguez. So he was, what, like 30 seconds back? So really, yeah. the pack, we don't know the quality of what a, a Legat or Victor Schutzma or Alex Mayer are because they were so far behind the top two guys. So are these guys are top 40 guys? Are they top 60 guys? We don't know. Um, but anyway, what I wanted to say was, what I got from this race is even though Oklahoma State won over the tiebreaker, there was a big drop-off at Oklahoma State's number six runner. So Oklahoma State really only has five guys. They don't have any wiggle room, whereas Iowa State, they went 9, 11, 12, 14. Oklahoma State was 8, 10, and then 20, 25. So Iowa State wasn't able yeah. to take advantage of their depth. Oklahoma State went five for five with their runners and were able to get the win. Two things jumped out at me. One, 
that's the worst way to do the tiebreaker. The best way to do the tiebreaker in cross country and my personal favorite is the six runner because that's the point of the six runner. They, they push, make other people's scores higher, and then they're also the tiebreaker in a tie. The other way is the way you mentioned, which is total time. It should not be adding up the head to head of the first five because you've already counted the first five and that's how you got to be tied in the second, uh, in, in the first place. And then the other thing I noticed was, well, my results crash here, but if I'm remembering correctly, 11 of the top 12 in this race was Oklahoma State or Iowa State. Only half two night of Texas on the men's side of yeah. things broke into that group. It was basically an Iowa State, Oklahoma State dual meet. Um, I'll let you finish on that and break down the women's race as well, too, because I have to blow my nose real quick. Alon, go full screen to Gordon. Go. Well, one thing I want to say while you blow your nose is that are you saying that Oklahoma State is an Ill illegitimate Big 12 champion, that there should be a huge asterisk on OK State's team, that they don't deserve the title because you think sixth man tiebreaker or time tiebreaker should be more important than head to head. I think we got to put you in touch with Dave Smith and you got to tell that to his face that you don't believe his team truly won the 2020 Big 12 championship in the middle of a pandemic. So uh, it's a bad I just want that to go on record. So this it's is like winning the bubble championship. Yeah. It's like winning the bubble championship. <laughs> Dodgers, it is Lakers, it is, Oklahoma it is, State. It's a stupid way to do the tiebreaker. I mean, yeah. Well, I can also argue scoring a cross-country meet the way you score it is also stupid. Like, I think it should be total time. Total, total time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I like I like adding it up. I think it's fun because then you can figure it out right away, and it's interesting. But I, there's no reason why it should be head-to-head, -head, especially when you, the whole purpose of six and seven is that they're – uh, they, they serve as tiebreakers and and pushers. That's the whole that's the whole point. Well, I like it. Well, that's not country. the whole point though. Literally, because they're not they're not here to serve as tiebreakers because it's not the tiebreaker. Who decided that's the whole in point? In high school, it is. Well, in, in high school, so it is. high school decides how we do cross country. A lot of times, Who high decides? school does things wrong. In this case, they do it right. It does not. Why is it? Why are you counting? Why are you using the same method that got you to the tie in the first place to break the tie? It's like. It's like saying we're tied at the end of regulation in a basketball game. So instead of going to overtime, we're just going to see who won the most quarters. It's, it's completely pointless. You would never do that because the quarters are part of what got you to the tie in the first place. This is silly. You have six and seven there for that reason. I mean, you never get to seven. I guess if both teams' number six runner were in a dead heat across the line, then you could go to seven. But the point of six is this. But I'll listen to your, your perspective of, total time because that's that's perfectly valid too if you want to do a tiebreaker on that but this is the so if there's a tie in like a, yeah well tiebreakers in general there are no good basically they should redo the system <laughs> where you can't tie that's what they should do they should come but up with a way where the, it's physically not able to you're not able to tie like the supreme court should have an odd number of people right or like <laughs> Their electoral college should not be able to result in a tie, which it can, which would be awesome if it happened. Because let me tell you, it would be fun chaos if it was two sixty nine to two sixty nine. Am I right? Uh, but <laughs> you just gotta admit the, the the ridiculousness of it would be crazy. Well, um, but, but there shouldn't be able to get a tie cross country. What's the clean? But way? there's a clean way to do it. the six because there's no there's the, the odds of a two team six runner tying across the finish line or, or zero and you would you would know right away there wouldn't need to be anything drawn out it'd be pretty simple you look at six and in this case it would be iowa state right yeah it, it would. is yeah but even if oklahoma state won in 
<laughs> huge. I like how I'm a huge was... Sudbury guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's from Las I don't Vegas, know, man. So am I. Who decides these rules? I mean, the NCAA. You can't does? actually like it. You can't. Yes, the competition committee. I'm sure does it. You can't actually like this way to to break a tie in cross country. You think this is the best well, way? Okay, here's the thing though. The only people that matter are your five scores, right? No, it's a team sport. Everybody matters. Yeah, the five people. Yeah, the, the six and seven are the bencher bench are like the bench team. It's hey, like they don't count. Sometimes they're not some they sit on the bench. They're not starting five. Like somebody fouls out is not important to the Lakers championship. Somebody time sometimes someone fouls out and goes in. Okay, did you talk about the women's race or no? No, we didn't. You were no. So okay. uh, Callie Logue won. Uh, as expected, she won pretty convincingly. Mm. Iowa State also won. There wasn't really much of a race. Taylor Rowe, who won, who was second to Whitney Orton at the Oklahoma mm. State invite, held her own. She finished second runner-up. So Taylor Rowe kind of having a good breakout season. So that's good for Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State just didn't have their Molly Bourne, Taylor Summers healthy mm -hmm. and ready to go. So maybe Oklahoma State will be a different team when they add those two in to go up with Taylor Rowe and yeah. have a good one, two, three punch. Uh, but the Big 12 in general on the women's side is kind of in the down year. Um, in general, I mean, the Big 12 is not, not – I mean, no conference is like the Pac-12, right? So a lot of conference yeah. championships really become dual meets, and we literally got one on the men's side. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, uh, I'm excited to tell Dave Smith to his face that you don't believe his team truly won because they had a shitty sixth man. I'm excited for that that conversation. Tell him a tiebreaker is – is a flawed the, the current tiebreaker system is flawed it's just yeah. i i will argue this uh, until i'm blue in the face he, he doesn't he listen to the pod he knows he knows he listen knows. gary doesn't like lincoln because he called him the d team or b team <laughs> so maybe i he can he can put me to c team that's fine but th this is it does not make any sense to do tiebreaking that way i would have said it if the shoe was on the other foot nothing personal against oklahoma state okay i want to talk about the sec now sec championships because the women's race saw the number one ranked woman in not just the NCAA, but I believe the world, according to your rankings. <laughs> Mercy Chalanga! That's right. Coming in the clutch. Preseason ranking coming through. Mercy Chalanga, who everyone will like, why do you rank her in the top 10 individually? This is why. Right here. And uh, she didn't have a good regular season, but she showed up when it mattered, and she won convincingly, too. She won by 12 seconds, so it wasn't a close race. Uh, Alabama put three in the top six, which was impressive. Alabama women end up finishing second, which is great for them. They beat a good Ole Miss team. Arkansas didn't really have their dominating fashion. I mean, they uh, they still won convincingly. I mean, they you probably could have scored their top six, and they still would have won. Yeah, if you score their top six, they still win. But they went 4, 7, 9, 10, 11, 15, 16. Um, there just wasn't another team out there that can really compete at Arkansas. Um, maybe if Alabama had one more top 15 runner, maybe it would have mm. been closer. But uh, Lauren Gregory was Arkansas's number one runner. Arkansas has been kind of going back and forth with who the number one runner is. Like one time it was Taylor Ewer. Now it's Lauren Gregory. I think Abby Gray was their top girl one time. So they're a little, mm -hmm. you know, back and forth. Uh, but yeah, Mercy Chilling got showing that she's going to be a top 20 individual and NCAAs in Arkansas. Top 20. Come on. Come on. Not top 20. You mean five. Top 10. Top five. 
Yeah, top five. I'm just I'm she's I'm giving myself some wiggle room for like a you know Kaladi Orton Chalangat. That's my big three right now. <laughs> That's right. who it's gonna come down to. Okay, listen, Gordon. This was interesting what? because we had well Alabama. The women are doing the their impersonation of the men's team a couple of years ago, where they go one five six. They have three in the top six in a conference meet. And they lose by 16 points because then they go 22-23. It reminds me of the Vincent Kiprop, Gilbert Keegan era of the Alabama men. Where where there was just so much firepower up top. And if you had anybody else right there, you'd have been fine. Um, Well, here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about Alabama. We don't know how they're going to qualify because there's not going to be regionals. But Alabama women might end up qualifying. And if the Alabama women get to an – if the Alabama women get to an NCAA meet, having three top tier people, if you have three All Americans, yeah. it doesn't matter how bad your four or five are, because like just like you're they'll end up being a maybe a potentially top fifteen team, I think. Maybe mm-hmm. top fifteen, top ten. Because if you have those low sticks, it helps. Yeah, and maybe there's one other person. About. Maybe there's one other yeah. person they can get between now and then or somebody who was injured. But when you're leading when your number one is Mercy Chilanga, you're better than pretty much everybody else in the nation. That's how I've always felt. Okay. Okay. Arkansas, 4, 7, 9, 10, 11. I bet they packed that in. I didn't see video of the race, but I bet Logan Morris, Gray, Ewart, and Gear, probably all, they all finished within 14 seconds of each other. I I, I bet they, they ran together. Gregory, I'm interested because I think she has a high ceiling. You know, she's someone who's made NCAA finals on the track. So I think she could be a top 20 person. But all in all, I don't know if I see... Arkansas getting on the podium would be an accomplishment in in March. I think it's a reach to get to that point unless there's somebody else, um, some other person that they have. Um, But yeah, this was a a statement run for Mercy Chalangot and for your rankings. There's a two for one, as we'd say. (laughs) Moving over to the men's side. No, no, I want to talk about the men's race. So maybe people don't know this, but I'm not sure if it's been – internally, you and Lincoln – or maybe just you, or maybe just Lincoln. We're kind of surprised that during my COVID rankings, I ranked Mario Garcia Romo so high. You're like, who is this kid? He ended up winning mm-hmm. SECs. It's pretty yeah. impressive. So these yeah. times you're dunking on my rankings, man. Sometimes I'm right, right? Sometimes you got to give me a little bit of credit. But Ole hey, Miss you- going one, two, three was very impressive, I thought. Yeah, you got Chalangat and you got Garcia Romo. Um, you can't spell goat without the G for Garcia Romo. Um, or Gordon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Bullock, Cole Bullock was second, and then Wally Sullivan was third. They all were within about a second and a half of each other. But what do you do with Arkansas's performance? Because they were clearly running together. Kemboy, Mead, McLeod, Chevison, Young go five, six, seven, eight, nine, and they yeah. So they all. I mean, unless it was an accident, but I pretty, I think Amon Kemboy can run with Mar- Mario Garcia Romo. Is that accurate? To yeah. Say? Okay. I mean, they were all together. Like everyone was in the top group. Top five guys were all in the front pack at five k. And yeah. part of me thinks that probably, maybe around six or seven k, the old Miss guys went like, took off. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling that the Arkansas guys looked around and saw three guys going off. If we just finish all right behind them, we should be fine. Now I could be wrong because letting well, this is three... similar to the Alabama. 
Yeah, that's that's risky. Letting, that's risky. Yeah, it's risky. Because you don't know where the fourth man is. I mean, what's yeah. the worst thing that could happen? If if but if Ole Miss would have finished ten eleven, would they have beaten Arkansas? If Probably, they finished ten right? eleven, yeah, yeah, they would have won. Yeah, they only yeah. lost by 24 points, and they went 22-31. I talked before about the Alabama women being like the Alabama men, but the Ole Miss men take the cake here. 1-2-3, and then 22-31. That's a big yeah. – to go 1-2-3 and then still lose by 24 points. But I have a feeling they knew exactly what was going on. They were getting good intel, good communication throughout. They must have because that would have been risky. What's interesting here, though, as well – is if they did take their foot off the gas, why did they take their foot off the gas? What are they saving themselves for at this point? Yeah. It's going to be Maybe, a couple months before you have another race. Yeah. Or are they just better? That, are those three Ole Miss people just that much better than Alabama's top – or Arkansas's top three? Yeah, maybe they just had a bad day. I mean, it's just Simone Kemboy's good. And now we got to remember One Kemboy of those guys yeah. – One of those guys been it, yeah. Through. Yeah, it's deceiving because like Kimbo is good, but he only did – this is his second race of the season. He didn't start in the beginning. He kind of came on late. His win two weeks ago was like a close win. It was just like a kick at the end, and so probably was a slower mm. time. Maybe there's something yeah. that happened where, you know, you like to th chalk it up as like, oh, they purposely finished like that, but maybe they just got straight up beat. And if they did, that's not a good sign for when they go up against an NAU, BYU – in the in the portlands of this world so i don't know i yeah. still think arkansas though showing they have five all together they're six seven we're also they're a little Not farther far back, back but their their seventh man was gilbert Boyd, who's like legit like a thirteen thirty guy so it's kind of crazy maybe he's just not as healthy or as fit anymore and he was 16 i don't know yeah so but he was like arkansas 30 seconds back of the pack arkansas had nine people Cross the line before Ole Miss had their fourth. Yeah. So maybe that was the intel that their coach was telling the guys at the front. Hey, we have nine yeah. before their four. I think this will work out. You guys don't need to go. I'm, I'm with you. That would have been a really strange coincidence for all those guys to have that to have that uh, bad day all at the same time. That'd have been weird. So yeah. And I mean, in, in the exact the, same way too. Yeah. And it's not like they all finished crossing the finish line together. I mean. They're five, six, yeah. seven. We're pretty much together. They probably separated in the final hundred meters, and then yeah. they're eight, nine. We're together. So there was a little bit of a breakup, but maybe they just yeah. let them get too far ahead, and they realize, oh, all right, it's out of reach. Let's just cruise in. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Let's close now with with the ACC. What do you think of that meet out there in North Carolina? Nagus got his win. He was talking about it on the podcast. Uh, happy for him. Uh, I don't know if this shows me that Nagus is a top seven guy, but I do think he's going to be a top 20 guy. That's what I get from the race. Notre Dame men won. Uh, Thomas Ratcliffe, classic DNF. What, what else can you expect from the good old Thomas Ratcliffe who just can't seem to put together at the right moments for cross country? Uh, but yeah, team scores wise, uh, Notre Dame won by 14. Wake Forest was a 
impressive third place finish. NC State was second, mm-hmm. Virginia fourth. Um, yeah, I mean, when it's expected, I guess Syracuse kind of had a bad race, finishing sixth, losing to Duke. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, I thought they would be higher up there. You guys talked about Virginia in the preview as well, too. But Notre Dame, I we could say lives up to your your rankings here with 40 points. It's a pr- pretty solid score. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's kind of hard to say because it's not the competition. It's easy to look good when the teams you're racing aren't top 15 caliber programs, right? So, mm-hmm. Methner, anyway. the Foot Locker champion from last year was 11th for Notre Dame and he's Notre Dame's fourth guy in case you're in case you're tracking those incoming freshmen I know you're particularly interested in one Nico Young but maybe Methner will be the freshman of the year whoa I don't know I'm just throwing that out there I haven't seen Nico Young (laughs) right now in my COVID era my COVID era freshman rankings Methner won and then Nico is ranked TBD we'll see where they come out when I update it on Sunday Run. Women's side, run. Dominic Claremont won. I was surprised about that. I guess she's, I mean, she, I thought Hannah Steelman was the best NC State runner or Kelsey yeah. Camille, but um, Claremont, the senior, is kind of coming along good. And if you have Claremont running well, you know Steelman is going to be a top 20. You know <laughs> if Camille can get back in it, she's also a top 30. Yeah, and then you add in Caitlin Tui, Marley Starlipper. NC State's going to be a scary team, uh, I think. In it with a team as deep as NC State, these races are noteworthy, if only from the perspective of you get to see their pecking order. And I never would have thought Claremonte would have been their number one. And maybe she's not in practice. Maybe this was a huge surprise to everybody. But winning that race by eleven seconds and being the top woman on her team by. 22 seconds is a statement because their team is, you know, pretty strong. Um, Camille, surprising that she was there. She was NC State's fourth runner way down there in in 16th. That was, yeah. But, this, I mean, this so much is going to change between now and, yeah. and March, especially when you trot in. Did any of NC State's Fab Five run, their freshman? I'm looking here. Holt, she's a sophomore. Samantha Bush. Oh, Jenna Schultz ran. So she was 41st for them. So they did have some of their uh, freshman run. But obviously people are waiting to see uh, Tui and Starlipper. Yeah, other teams, Georgia Tech kind of surprised getting second, beating Florida State. Florida State's a good team. I'm not sure if Florida State yeah. is all the way back, uh, but – I thought Florida State was a sneaker, a, a, a sneakily good top seven, eight nationally ranked team. But Georgia Tech beating them, they only beat them by 10. It's kind of a hodgepodge once you get from second to sixth because second had 99, third had 109, fourth 114, fifth 116, sixth 116. So you yeah. shuffle it up and it can finish in any order, I think. Uh, North Carolina had a good showing. Milt, you know, getting fifth for those women. There's freshmen who's still looking pretty good. Sasha Naglia finished sixth in this race as the top mm. freshman in the ACC. Um, who would have thought that North Carolina had the top freshman in the ACC and not NC State, right? That's kind of crazy when you think about it. Uh, but the state of North Carolina, yeah. In the state of North Carolina, whoa. Uh, yeah, it's good to see Duke women back. I remember when Duke 
was like in a rut. They didn't even like have five runners sometimes. So them fin- finishing fourth was pretty good. I mean, North Carolina looking good, finishing first, fourth, and fifth in this mm-hmm. ACC field. I do want to mm-hmm. uh, take a step back though. So last night I was on the couch, uh, ready, waiting mm. to go to bed, and my girlfriend JoJo, <laughs> we were talking about cross country, and I tried to go twelve for twelve in my picks, picking individual and team on these in these six races, and I went okay. ten for twelve. I went ten for twelve, right? So I got ten of them right, I got two of them wrong. What do you think the two that I got wrong were? So picking so the team saying- winner and the individual winner for all six races. Okay, so you definitely got all right. You definitely got Callie Logue, correct? And you definitely, you definitely got Wesley Kip too. Yeah, I'm gonna do the individuals first. You okay. definitely picked. You definitely picked Mercy Chilangat. Otherwise, you're a coward. I did. Uh, you did not pick Garcia Romo, so I think that's one you got wrong. Correct. Okay. You. Uh, in you're the. Good. Yeah, and the I know the brain of Gordon. All right, that's not a good thing, but I know it. Uh, you <laughs> definitely did not pick Dominique Clermonti, so you got that one wrong. There you go, and that's it. Yeah, and then those you, are the two I got. You wrong. picked all the te- so you picked all the teams, correct? So you that's why you like that tiebreaker. That's why you like yeah. the tiebreaker is because you wanted your Oak State pick to be right. Yeah, no integrity. My, my late night notes pad predicting the top the twelve winners to be go twelve for twelve, and I wanted to go ten for twelve instead of nine for twelve. So that's why. So that is pretty weird. It is pretty weird that in a year with not that much stuff, the result ended up being so predictable. Still, yeah. Not to take any shine off of your accomplishment of making those predictions, but <laughs> cross country, there's usually some some upsets, and with the teams, it sort of went to expectation, and there was no. Yeah. So yeah. One other thing, looking at like team team wise. Um, I'll be interested to see how these Big 12, ACC, SEC results affect teams that get to go to NCAAs, right? Right, right. So obviously you think all the winners were going to go regardless, but is there any team that got second or third that now all of a sudden, oh, you might be going to NCAAs and we kind of weren't thinking about you. So on the women's side of SEC, Arkansas, Alabama, Ole Miss, I think we could all say Ole Miss's second place finish is a surprise and we might see them there. Um, yeah, the men's side: Arkansas, Ole Miss, Georgia. I, it's harder for them to like give any love to Georgia because there's just such a big separation, right? Yeah. Well, I think Alabama the women help themselves yeah. really well. I think that would be the one. One team I think it's going to hurt themselves is the Oklahoma State women because we talk about like, Oklahoma State can be good when they yeah, get yeah. their two guns back, but they finished fourth at conferences, mm-hmm. so. Right. It might be harder for Oklahoma State's women's team to be able to run on their home course, which is like crazy yeah. to think about, right? So mm-hmm. I imagine this means maybe, you know, Dave is going to have to put on another meet to try to get his women's team uh, another resume point to show, like, hey, we're better than what we did at Big 12s. Yeah. And I don't know if you're, incl- are you including NC State men on there? As I mean, they didn't win, but I would think that they, We'll we'll get to the meet, I would guess. Yeah. No, I mean, NCC men were were good regardless. I would say. Yeah. 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 Uh, I right. think Wake well, Forest. Well, Wake for 
Wake Forest getting third. Sorry, I'm one more thing. Wake Forest getting third oh, at okay. ACC's on the men's side was good for them. Speaking of Wake Forest, how did uh, Mini Tiernan do? Let's see. Mini Tiernan. Well, his, his brother was pacing one of the greatest American record attempts of all time. I know. So what a big day in their house. 31st. There you go. All I was going to say was that we have so much time next week because, you know, next week will be the slow week to just dive into who was the best third place team at conference, <laughs> which second place Good team point. could still help themselves. So we have plenty point. of time to dissect. Uh, let us know what you think. If you have questions about Gordon rank, Gordon's rankings, flowcheckpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you to Alon for producing. We will talk to you guys next week.